as many of you know, I have been a tour guide to support my work with common humanity, peacemaking work in the Middle East. And I took tour buses around the city for something like 10 years. Now with COVID here, that isn't happening right now, but for about 10 years, I was a tour guide on top of the double-decker buses. And we drove around the city. And just like any other job, you learn certain things as you do the job for a while. And one of the things I learned was that when you're stuck in traffic, you want to find some filler to help people see something and endure the wait and learn something as well. So as we approached Battery Park, this was often a place where there was a traffic jam. So we're stuck in traffic and you would, after mentioning the fact that over yonder is the Statue of Liberty, we're stopping in a moment as soon as the traffic clears up, as soon as those taxi cabs are out of the way, we'll get you there and you're on your way to the Statue of Liberty. But if you're still stuck, then you might mention that right here is where New Amsterdam began. Uh, get a little bit of history and let that sink in. You don't want to talk too much. You're still waiting in traffic. Then you might want to mention that right here is where Broadway begins. Broadway is the name that the Dutch and the English gave to the street. Right here it begins, right here wherever we are. But before we were here, there were other people, the native indigenous people, and they called it Wekwechek. I think I have that approximately right. They called this trail all the way up through the island Wekwechek. And we want to honor the original indigenous people of this island, the Lenape, by remembering that fact. And right here to your right is a free museum. Kids are going to love it. Wonderful museum. And the parents are going to love the price. It's free. So if you're still waiting in traffic, then you might want to mention right over here is where Hurricane Sandy came. Uh, remember Hurricane Sandy? What was that, about eight, 10 years ago? And for one day, the water was something like three feet above the ground. Well, the water receded, but it receded into the infrastructure beneath us. Beneath us is a honeycomb of subways and garages and tunnels and there were millions of dollars worth of damage. And the point here is maybe there's a teaching moment for climate change deniers. Maybe this will help to sink in. Hey guys, now right here, we had millions of dollars worth of damage because of Hurricane Sandy. Well, hopefully by this point, the taxi cabs have cleared out, our bus gets to go, and then we end up and we continue our tour. Another place where it was always good to have some backup material on hand was Plaza Hotel. You're coming down Fifth Avenue from the Uptown Tour and just about always middle of the day, there would be traffic jam there. And I had lots to talk about, but there was one thing right there, which was very eye-catching, which I made a point not to talk about. And Brother Jason, if you have a moment for a screen share, let me show you what I made it a point not to talk about. This is a statue of General Sherman. Uh, and as I saw this picture, um, I usually saw it, the bus usually went the other way around, and I saw it from the side away from the angel. But now as I got my comments together today, I looked at this picture again, I saw it from the angle of the angel. And it was particularly offensive to me. Uh, let's take a moment to look at this. This is the way you enter 
this is the way that Jesus did not enter Jerusalem. This is a military man, General Sherman, William Tecumseh Sherman, after whom the Sherman tank was named in World War II. There he is with his sword. And what is particularly offensive to me is an angel which is leading this. And as I thought about all of the protests around the country the last five or six months, what is it now? All of which I agree with that certain statues should be taken down. It occurred to me that we Mennonites might want to send a note to City Hall and say, you know, we have a complaint too. We have a complaint that this statue is misusing the Christian gospel. There's an angel, a divine figure somehow leading General Sherman as he trampled across Georgia, Sherman's infamous march to the sea. No, this is not what the Bible recommends. And here, Mr. de Blasio and Brother Jason, if you would, here's the statue that we would suggest. Uh, this is our turn for, uh, see if you got that other uh, slide there. You advance the slide. It's a picture of Jesus on the donkey. Maybe we can pull that up. Um, I think you just have to click the screen advance there. I don't know if I'm serious about that uh, for us writing to Mayor de Blasio, but I'm entirely serious that this is not the way Jesus, there we are. Um, we're clicking present, we're clicking present, yeah. This is a picture that we might say to Mayor Bill de Blasio, here's the statue that the Mennonites suggest, we replace General Sherman with this statue. Uh, it is a, of course, a picture of Jesus entering Jerusalem. Uh, today, 2,021 years ago, oh no, 2,900 something years ago, um, this is the way the Holy Spirit works. Not the military man with his glitter and that false angel leading them, preparing to destroy Georgia, the pathway to Georgia, but this is the way Jesus chose to enter, in humility, on a donkey. And let's think for a moment about what difference it would have made if we had listened to Jesus's advice. Um, we have unfortunately not listened to Jesus's advice. I think we can end the screen share there, Brother Jason. Um, we have instead done all sorts of havoc in the Middle East. If you stop and think for a moment, we did actually, we the West, uh, before the United States exists, we the West did actually go into the Middle East on horses during the Crusades. And we went in on horses and tanks during the colonial period. And then when the America came into power, we went not on literally on horses, we went on airplanes and jet planes and bomber planes. And we just created so much havoc around the Middle East. If only we had followed Jesus's teaching of going in in humility. One of the things that you can get by riding a donkey as opposed to riding a horse is that you're closer to the people. If we remember that picture of Jesus, he's down there with the people. You can hear what people say. Hey, they might tug at his coat and say, hey, I got something I want to make sure you hear. You can't do that as well for horses, and you certainly can't do that for Humvees and Sherman tanks. So we went into these countries, we went into Iraq without being able to hear what people were telling us. 
And these young soldiers that we sent in, they heard from people in authority that this was the thing to do. We need you to serve your country. Go over there and beat up Saddam Hussein. What an absolute catastrophe that was. Many of our soldiers 10, 15 years later are suffering from what we now call moral injury. It was just so totally made no sense. It was so totally wrong. They couldn't hear the voices of the people. So riding on a donkey will let you hear the voices of the people and you can't hear them if you're riding a horse quite as well. And you certainly can't hear them if you're riding a Sherman tank after whom the Tecumseh, William Tecumseh Sherman, that name came from. And you can't hear it if you're in a Humvee, those odd looking boxes. Some of the saddest words I ever heard in my whole life, I was sitting in an, I went to Iraq as a humanitarian worker about six times between um, 1996 and 2013. I was there just after the US invasion. And some of the saddest words I've ever heard in my life were in about the year 2000, I was sitting in the office of a cleric, a Western, a, an Eastern Christian religious leader, very gracious man. And like so many Christians in the Middle East, he had family in the States. He had, I think, a sister in Texas. But like many of the Christians in the Middle East, there's connections to the States. So they, they sort of know the US mentality but they also know the Eastern Iraq, Palestinian reality so well, of course. And he said to me, I always remember, he said, Mel, he said, I can never understand what you folks in the States are doing here in the Middle East. I never understood why you're doing what you're doing. He said, you could have won these people with a smile. I always remember that you could have won these people with a smile. They like American technology, they like the movies. Titanic was a big hit when I was there. There was actually a meal served with a dish called the Titanic and the posters. They liked American pop culture. They like our science. They like country music. Uh, but we went in not on a donkey. The good pastor might have said to me, instead of going in, uh, you could have won these people with a smile. He, he might have said, you could have won these people by coming in on a donkey. I think he was saying almost the same thing. If we go in in humility, try to listen to people, hear what they have to say, it makes so much of a difference. And I think this is what Jesus is calling us to. Not to go in and dominate people, to push people around, but the upside down kingdom to listen to people, to be with people, to hear with people. We are thinking of military people and American policy, but let's not let our own selves too quickly off the hook. Do we occasionally, as people, ride high horses? instead of donkeys? Do we as people become pushy and too quick to make sure our way is done? Those of us who have strong personalities, it's good to have a strong personality, but we don't want to push people around with our strong personalities. We ask for the grace to go into meetings, to interact, interact with people, not by pushing them around, but rather by being true to our own strengths, true to the gift of what we have to say, but also to listen, to hear, to make decisions together. And I think that's really what we do so well here at Manhattan Mennonite. 
we listen to each other, we hear from each other. And that's a gift I think the, the Zoom call has given us. So before we leave the, uh, the political comments, I wanna make a gentle nudge to Manhattan Mennonite um, to become more involved in international issues. Um, I have been following the issue of Syria, as some of you know, and I had an interview um, on Zoom a week or so ago with a good reverend from the UK, the Reverend uh, Dr. Andrew Ashton. And he spoke so eloquently about the terrible tragedy that's unfolding in our name, in the name of our, of our nation, which is so often identified as a Christian nation. And I would call upon us a gentle nudge to become more active in international affairs. We're in an international city. Let's see what we can do to make our voices heard in an international issues. I'd like to turn from talking about the political aspects and the social dynamics interaction of this Palm Sunday. And I'd like to think a bit, invite us to think about what Jesus might have been thinking. That's impossible, of course. But as we read in the verse before us, in the chapter we're reading, our text comes from chapter 11. And in chapter 10, just before this, we read that the disciples in uh, Mark 10, 33, we read the disciples were on the road going to Jerusalem. Jesus was walking ahead of them. They were in a daze and those who followed were apprehensive. So there was anxiety. And what was Jesus thinking about the people, the crowds? Can you imagine the disappointment that Jesus would have felt in the course of this week, we all know how the week turns out. That's no spoiler alert initiated here. We all know, as we've been saying from the beginning, that the crucifixion takes place and everyone abandons him. Everybody abandons him. All these crowds, yeah, Jesus, we're your friends. Good luck, Jesus. Yeah, you're on the right path. Well, things don't turn out so well, and everybody abandons him except for a couple of courageous women who at a distance still keep watch and still keep them company from a distance. But other than that, all these friends, these farewell friends have all disappeared. And it's to the credit of the Bible, the people who wrote the scripture, that they had the courage to admit to their failures, that they admitted that they had let Jesus down. I think the takeaway for me here is that the people who were cheering Jesus on at the beginning we're full of conditional love. That is to say, if you do what I want you to do, then I'll love you. Jesus, if you fulfill what we're expecting of you to be the new David, to throw out the Romans, we'll love you. Yeah, we'll serve you. But if you don't do what our expectations are, you're out. We're no time for you. The question I would ask us to consider is, has that ever happened to you? Have you ever been let down by friends? Friends that said, I thought you were something else. I'm disappointed in you. I didn't know that you were such and such. I didn't know that you had done such and such. Um, I don't really like that. And I don't think I want to be your friend anymore. I suspect that all of us have had friendships like that. We have been let down by friends. People have said goodbye, you're not who I wanted 
Maybe we've had a romance that went bad and hurts. Well, the good news of Palm Sunday is that Jesus did not respond by dismissing those people. He didn't say, well, you don't like me, I don't like you. Jesus, on the other hand, even though people had let him down, had unconditional love for all those people. And he has unconditional love for us. When we make a mistake, when we have opinions, when we discover ourselves something, we, we know that God loves us. God has unconditional love. And this is the unconditional love that we saw in Jesus on Palm Sunday. The takeaway, I would call all of us to try to put that unconditional love into action. We all, Jesus said, don't be like the Romans. They uh, make friendships for their purposes. Be friends with the outcasts. Be friends with people you don't immediately like so much. Do your best to be a warm and caring and accepting person. I think that's what God is calling us to do. And I believe we have that here at Manhattan Mennonite. I think that's why we've kept going for all these years, because in this little community, we have a sense of caring for each other. We have a search, we have a love for each other. So my closing prayer for each of you is this coming week, let in that love of God into your heart. Let in the knowledge that God has unconditional love for you, even though you might have been with the crowd and you might have faded away and all of us have faded away at some point or other. In your heart, take in the fact that even though all of us are imperfect, that God loves us. Jesus loves us and Jesus always will. May we put that love in action as we continue. One quick point behind us, we've been asked to bring palm trees. And I have behind us here a picture of a palm tree. I don't know how well you can see it. Um, it's a picture of a palm tree by an artist from Iraq. So during our Palm Sunday service, here is a palm created by Lubda Musa, who was a native Baghdadi, and she is now living in Canada. So here's a palm from the Holy Lands for our Palm Sunday. 